Hi folks, Ray Pritchard here. It's Wednesday, January the 9th, which means it's one week out from the very awful accident I had on the bike trail just west of where we live here in Shawnee, Kansas. Lots of you have asked about that, and I thought I'd give you a personal update, tell you where we are, how we're doing, and maybe a couple things you can be praying for going ahead. A lot of people just said to me, how in the world did this accident happen? Well, you know, I'm sure, that I'm a biker. Every year I try to ride about 3,000 miles. In the last 20 years, I've done 47,000 miles on my bike. I've had a few scrapes, a few slip-ups here and there. In fact, once in Chicago, in Oak Park, when I was biking on a snowy, cold afternoon, I got hit head-on by a car but managed just to walk away with nothing, not even any bruises. What happened last week was by far the worst accident I've ever had in 20 years of bike riding. So there's a trail out west of here, about four miles from where we live, called the Gary Howler National Recreation Trail. Beautiful, maintained by the National Park Service. It's about 13 miles long. It starts at the Kansas River up on the north, and it goes down. It kind of just drifts off to an end in the city of Olathe, but north to south you go through Shawnee, then you go through Lenexa, then you go into Olathe. And even though it's it's inside the city limits, it's actually kind of remote. It's a uh, it's not like biking in a town. You're going through the woods. It's a paved trail. I see a lot of people out there, but uh, every time I go, a great sense of just being able to be alone and be in nature. Always enjoy it. So last week, I decided to go for a bike ride. I had gone on January the first, which was Tuesday. It was 16 degrees and 6 wind chill, I guess. I was all bundled up, and there was ice on the trail. But on Tuesday, I did what you're supposed to do. I uh, got off my bike whenever I saw any ice on the trail. Well, Wednesday, and maybe that made me a little bit overconfident. I don't know. On Wednesday, uh, I told Marlene I was going to go out for a bike ride and left about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, got started about 2.30, I was about three miles down the trail. Didn't see another soul on the trail, which meant all the smart people were somewhere else. So I was out there biking by myself, and I ran into some ice here and there, but had managed to avoid it. I came to a, a, a bend in the trail, and there was one fellow, only fellow I saw on the trail that day. He was a jogger. He had on long sleeve T-shirt, and he had on gym shorts. It was 33 degrees. So it was warmer, there was a little bit of sun, but there was definitely ice on the trail. So here's this guy in t-shirt and gym shorts, and he's going to go jogging. And I kind of nodded at him or waved at him as I passed. And there's a little bit of an incline there. And of course, this is where I made my mistake. I saw some ice the day before I had gotten off and ridden around it. But you know, it didn't seem as didn't seem like as big a patch or something. And I started to roll over it. And sometimes when you're riding your bike, you can just go right over uh, a, a stretch of ice, especially if it's not too it's not too big and you can stay straight. It'll be okay. I got about halfway across, and uh, I don't really know what happened, but I, I slipped. The tires didn't hold. And everything after that is kind of like in slow motion in my mind. I, I felt the bike beginning to slip away out from under me, and, and I just I don't think I was going that fast. But in fact, I was, couldn't have been going too fast because my head didn't hit on the ground. I just kind of slid down like that, 
And I turned around in time to see, my, I, I, like a lot of bike riders, I use these clip-on pedals that keep your, keep your bike shoes clipped on to the bike pedal so you can get more speed in, in all parts of the rotation. Well, that's good except when you're slipping on the ice because you want to get off the pedal as quickly as you can. But I was trapped, and I looked back, and I saw, I saw, as in slow motion, my, I saw my ankle go all the way around. And, you know, it's like one of those ESPN slow motions where they show these people have these awful injuries. That's exactly what I saw. So it happened to my ankle. So now I'm laying on the ice, and the force of what happened pushed my pushed my foot away from the pedal so I was disengaged and I wasn't in any pain at that moment because of I guess shock and adrenaline and all the rest and my first thought was well this isn't good but I'm gonna get up and walk back and I lifted up my leg and my ankle was dangling off the end of my leg it's never a good sign by the way bad sign if you see your ankle dangling and I saw it there and I actually at one point tried to get up and uh, couldn't and I then when I did get up, I had a terrible, unbelievable pain. Well, I said there was a, a, this jogger. He was only about 20 feet from me, only fella, only person on the trail, mile in either direction. He came up and said, are you okay? I said, I don't think so. He said, you want me to call 911? I said, no, I don't guess so. And he said, are you sure? I said, I don't guess so. He said, I think I should call. Thank God he did. He called 911. And now we're out in the trail. It's quite a ways out there, so it took probably 15 minutes for the EMT people to find where we were to get to an access point to drive the vehicles and stuff. So I'm laying there on the ice, and still my, my you know, it's throbbing a little bit. It's not hurting too bad. Turns out, in the sovereignty of God, it's a pastor. He's on the staff of one of the large churches here in Kansas City. Gave me his name, Westside Family Church, very well-known church here in Kansas City. And just the sovereignty of God... Uh, a brother in Christ was there to help me out. He's the one who called 911. In fact, several days later, he even contacted Marlene because we had exchanged phone numbers and just wanted to know how I was doing and all the rest. And I want to say that was one of the first signs to me that God was watching over me, sending somebody along, a, a pastor, to help me out in that time of need. Here come the EMT people. They put me on the uh, put me in the, the deal. And, you know, the guy there, he was kind of palpating my ankle there a little bit. And he said, I don't think there's anything wrong. He said, I don't feel anything broken. Well, okay, fine. Uh, Josh and Leah came, or Marlene and Leah came, and they got my bike and they put it on the back of the car and they took it back to the house and eventually made our way to the emergency room. Well, the doctor took a x-ray of my ankle he came in, he said one word, awful, awful. What you have done to your ankle is awful. And you could see it there on the x-ray. I broke, you know, it's a tibia and a fibula, fibula, I don't know. But, you know, the big one and the small one and the lower leg, I broke both of them right above the ankle. Then he said, you also broke another bone in the ankle. And then he said, you have dislocated your ankle, so it's hanging off to the side. He said, this is just awful. He kept saying that. And he said, before you go to the hospital, he said, you're going to have surgery. There's no question about that. But he said, I can't let you go with your ankle dislocated. So they gave me some, some kind of medicine, Dilaudid or something like that. And it didn't really put me out, but maybe took the edge off. But I was completely awake. And the nurse grabbed my shin, and he grabbed my wounded ankle and started pulling and pulling and manipulating and yanking. I thought it was the end of the world coming right there. Um, 
and he couldn't get it in. He couldn't get it, you know, I could snap back together, aligned or whatever you call it, because I got biker's legs. My, my muscles down there are really strong. And so they gave me some of the propothal and put me completely out. And I guess while I was out, they aligned it. And we found out later he did a really, really good job because it has stayed aligned since that day. Off to the hospital, a couple of days in the hospital. And on Friday morning last week, we were I had surgery. They intended to go in and put in the pins and the plates. But in the interim, uh, you know, I just did a I just did a number on the inside of my left ankle. Just did a number on it because it just was skidding along there. And when it was turned all around, and they said, "You you've just torn this the, the skin up too badly. We can't put the pins in or the plates in right now. It's not safe." So they they put me in this uh, space aid. Looks like a sci-fi erector set of metal and spikes all around my left leg from just below the knee on down to stabilize. And I got a, a spike or a pin through my heel, and I've got spikes driven into my shin, and I've got this metal framework there to hold everything in place. Um, all of that, I mean, it's, it's mostly inconvenient. I will say this, the spikes are very, very sharp. The doctor, the orthopedic doctor told us it's $20,000 worth of, that's what that you know, this metal is, I'm wearing, an, I'm wearing the equivalent of a new car around my left ankle. She actually said that when surgery's done, they're going to boil up and disinfect those metal rods and give them to me, I guess, in case we need them sometime in the future. So we did that last Friday. We're in a holding pattern now uh, until next Monday, Monday the 14th, when they hope to go back in and do surgery, take out this uh, framework, this external fixator, and then put in the screws and the pins and the plates or whatever they're going to do. But that really depends on how well the skin. That I've had what they call fracture blisters. That's where the blisters don't come from the outside, but they actually come from the inside, from the force of the trauma. And they've got to come out, and they've got to drain, and then the skin has got to heal up. Um, we're not there yet. They could not do the surgery today, I'm sure. Hopeful, hoping and praying that that's all going to be at least good enough to do the surgery next Monday. If not, I may be wearing this frame for some time longer. In the meantime, uh, I'm here at the house, and uh, we have a tri-level house here in Kansas. And up on the upper level is our bedroom, our bathroom, and the kitchen. And that's where I've been for the last uh, last five days. And really, for the last three days, I haven't moved away from there. My world has actually gotten quite small. Uh, uh, I lay in bed, lie in bed, with my foot elevated and iced, and then I get up when I need to and go shuffle my way to the bathroom, and then I get on the walker, which, by the way, is not as easy to use as you would think. I don't guess I never really thought about that, but I'm learning, and you lose a lot of different muscles when you're doing a walker. I use the walker and go into the recliner by the kitchen, so between the bathroom, the bed, and the recliner, that's pretty much my life at this point. I thank God for TV. I thank God for the Internet. But I'm not going to be getting out of here, I'm sure. I won't be going outside at all until we have to go for surgery next Monday. And the doctors have said, if the surgery is successful, then I'll be non-weight-bearing for two to three months. She really said three months. So that means maybe I'll get this stuff off, whatever it is, and get begin to get back to normal, get out in about maybe sometime in March or sometime in April. So that's really that's really where we are now. Um, 
couple of other questions. Somebody asked, how's your bike? I don't really know. I haven't seen it since the accident. I don't, let me tell you, I think the bike survived the accident a lot better than I did. It's downstairs in the lower level. Um, it may have a few nicks and bruises, but I, I, I think, far as I can tell, on that day of the accident, I think it's still rideable. I'm not going to be riding it for some time to come. Many of you know that Marlene, a month ago, had uh, knee replacement surgery on her right knee. That's a big deal. That's I had no understanding of what a real big deal that was. We have an excellent surgeon who did her knee in a month ago. <laughs> Ironically, I was taking care of her. And last Wednesday was the first day, finally, that she could drive. And that morning, she drove for the first time. That afternoon, I managed to wreck my ankle. So now, besides taking care of herself, she's also taking care of me. She's doing well, but her road of recovery and rehab and physical therapy, it's a long one. And I certainly would ask you to pray for her as well. Her spirits are good. And I, I thank God that we're in this together. Can, can I just tell you this story, um, or this little incident, you know, we were, she's been getting the pillows and trying to put them under my feet. And, you know, in bed, you have this little, I don't know, they call it, is it a urinal or a bedpan? I don't know which the right term is, but uh, um, yesterday, you know, sometimes you don't want to have, you don't think you can make it to the bathroom, so you, okay. So she was emptying my bedpan and she looked up at me and grinned and said, we're a pair, aren't we? Well, yes, we are and have been for 44 years, and I thank God for her, and thank God we can be together to go through all this, and I'm trying to help her, trying to help her all I can, which isn't as much as I'd like to in her recovery, but we're in this completely together. Also, I want to say uh, a special word of thanks to Josh and Leah. It was a year and a half ago, they came to us, and we were living down in Dallas. They came to us and said, Mom and Dad, would you consider moving to Kansas City to be close to us and to your grandkids and so yes of course when, when they ask you what are you going to say to that so that's why we moved up here and we're one mile away from Josh and Leah and Knox and Violet and that has been an unbelievable blessing unbelievable blessing all the way around but wow we have leaned on them so much Josh has been such a help and Leah such a help preparing meals and Josh doing things that you know just having to take care of his parents you know uh, just, they have, we couldn't have made it. We couldn't have made it through this without them. The other thing I want to say is how grateful we are to, for social media, for Facebook. Uh, we've been overwhelmed, blown away by the number of phone calls and letters and, uh, the emails that you've sent and the, the, the comments on Facebook. I and mean, it's like over a thousand now, and I can't keep up with all of them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are made stronger because of your love and because of your prayers. Um, there's no question, I'm homebound. I'm 66 years old. This is, they asked me if I'd ever had surgery before. I told them I had my tonsils out a thousand years ago when I was maybe six or seven years old and living in Russellville, Alabama, a little town where I grew up. It's the only surgery I ever had until last Friday when I had this surgery on my left ankle. So I'm not even used to this whole thing of the doctors and the nurses and surgery and all of it. But uh, several people have asked, are you discouraged? And I can't think of a reason to be discouraged. Uh, I have to believe God knows what he's doing. I have to believe that. The Bible says in Job 23.10, he knows the way that I take. 
when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When I was younger, I read that verse, and the thing that was exciting to me, the gold, the gold. When I come through the time of trial, there'll be the gold, which is, I think, the gold of refined and tested, proven character. And that's a wonderful thing. But you know, the older I get, it's not the gold that, that really attracts me. It's the first two words, he knows. He knows. He knows. When I talked to Harry Ballback, one of the founders of Word of Life, and my dear friend Harry now, 94 years old, uh, talking to him over the weekend, he said, now let me tell you something, Ray. What happened to you was not an accident. He said it was just an incident. Remember, there are no accidents for the children of God. There are only incidents, and that's why you should talk about it. You had an incident on the bike trail. You didn't have an accident. Well, I'm really, first of all, I agree with that, and I just want to say to all of you, aren't you glad you've never had an accident, and you never will. Trials come, hard times come, heartbreaks comes, things happen we don't expect. Marlene has talked a lot in this last week about going down into the valley of the unexpected. We certainly feel that way. This has been the valley of the unexpected. I was talking with Brian Bill yesterday, and he said, so are you discouraged? I said, no. I guess my attitude is more, I just made this up on the spot, sanctified bemusement. I don't even, I told him, I don't even know what that is, but that's kind of the way I feel, sanctified bemusement. Just, wow, look at what God has done. He knows. He could have stopped me uh, at any time. Uh, he could have rearranged my path. He could have caused me to think to, to, to get off my bike, which, by the way, is what I should have done, one of the lessons. Don't ride, on, don't ride on the trail when there's ice, people, okay? That's an obvious lesson there, but he could, have, he could have done a million ways to stop this. He knows. And the main thing I want to say is that when that happened and my ankle was hanging off the end of my leg, he was not surprised or taken by going from, oh, no, Ray, what did you do this time? He knows. He knows the way that I take. My life is in his hands. He's planned it out. And he's planned out that, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, you've heard, of course, of George Mueller of Bristol, great brethren leader of the 1800s who had all those orphanages for 50, 60 years and uh, a great man of faith and prayer and never once made it a fundraising appeal, but God miraculously answered his prayers. And there's so much to learn from a man like George Mueller, but after he died, somebody, and he loved to write little notes in his Bible, and after he died, somebody looked at George Mueller's Bible, and there by Psalm 37, it's 22, 23, long in there, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He had added two words, the steps and stops of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Don't you like that? Boy, I do. It makes me smile. My steps are ordered by the Lord, and my stops are ordered by the Lord. So, evidently, the Lord decided I needed a time out. The Lord decided that uh, Marlene and I needed some time together, and that I needed some time flat on my back with my leg in the air, and with the cold pack and all the rest. Time to pray, time to read, time to think, and time to wait on the Lord. And so that's where we are, and clearly we're in the front end of this. This is going to last for uh, absent some unusual miracle of God, which I don't rule out, but absent that, for many more weeks to come, um, 
this is where I'm going to be and where we're going to be. But we do not, uh, we're not unhappy at all. We're, we're happy in the Lord. We're happy to be here. And we are so grateful for friends who love us and who pray for us and who stand with us. And we read every comment. I can't answer most of them because there are just too many of them on Facebook. But I want you to know that we love you very much. A lot of you have said I ought to write a book. Well, I am working on one. I'm not ready to say anything more about it other than one of the chapters is going to be that uh, in the valley of the unexpected. And that's actually a book project I started working on several years ago and put aside and got busy doing other things. But I think I'm going to pull it out now and get back to work on it and ask you to pray that uh, uh, just on the physical side that that the surgery could go through on Monday because once that second surgery is done, then we're just on the healing and recovery process. And she's going to pray for Marlene for strength and for um, lessening. Yeah, there's been some pain in that right knee. It's just pretty normal. But pray for her as she continues the rehab. And uh, so, so pray for us. God has a purpose in all of this. Don't you believe that? Uh, I believe in the prevenient grace of God. Now, I hadn't said this to anybody, but my book of the year was going to be the book of Joshua. Well, I shouldn't say it was. It is. My book of 2019 is the book of Joshua, and I was planning on preaching on it a bunch of times this year, and I have just been getting into it. You know, in all these years, almost 50 years as a Christian, I've never, I've preached here and there from Joshua, but I've never gone consecutively through the book, and what a great message it is about faith and hope and the promises of God, and the battles that we face, and how God brings us through, and uh, what he expects from us. So it's one of the greatest books, and I've been collecting books on the book of Joshua, so now God's given me time to do this extra preparation on the book of Joshua, and so I think you're going to see some sermons rolling out in the next few weeks on the book of Joshua. So it's a lot, you know, I'm not just sitting around. we got a lot we got to get done, and God has just come in, and rearranged our uh, agenda. I'm reminded of Bob Pierce, founder of World Vision, who, who uh, at the end of his life was asked, Bob, how is it that you, a man who didn't have a lot of formal education, should start such a ministry as World Vision that goes around the world? And he, he said it this way. He said, well, I learned early on in my ministry that uh, I should open my hand every morning and pray with an open hand to the Lord. Lord, I give you the right to change my agenda anytime you like, and you don't have to tell me in advance. Isn't that, isn't that, a, isn't that a fantastic way to do it? To say, Lord, come on in and change the agenda anytime you want, and you don't have to inform me in advance. Well, God's good. He didn't inform me about the fall or about the incident out on the bike trail, or the surgery, or all how things were going to change in the last week. But God is good. Remember, God is good all the time, in every situation, no matter what. God is good. I am a witness. Let's say that together. God is good all the time, in every situation, no matter what. God is good. I am a witness. Okay, folks, that's it for today. That's the report from Shawnee. We're doing well. We're going to keep doing well. We're excited to see what God's going to do through all of this. Thank you for your love and your prayers. And we're going to come back and talk to you again in a few days.
God bless.